Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Woolahan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, including those that ran only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Woolahan. No, to clown, it's worse. It is still YouTube Premium Month, YouTube Red Month, YouTube Plus Month, and we are doing Good Game. Yes, Good Game, starring the Game Grumps, Danny Avidam. And Aaron Hansen. And Aaron Hansen. But before we get into that, let's uh, let's talk about our YouTube Premium experience so far. We didn't have power for half of this week. Yeah, we've had no power, so we had enough time to super binge watch Good Game and watch one more episode of Escape the Night. Yeah. Uh, Escape the Night uh, still needs a host. Yeah. Um, the the host the the host of the party mm-hmm. participates in the game, which I think he is, is a odd. player. Yeah. And I don't know anything about the host of the game. But he kind of feels like knockoff PewDiePie. He, he kind of sends off a similar vibe. Like, he kind of feels like... I don't like, think he's a Let's Player. I know, but like, in his physical presence and stuff, he kind of looks and sounds like we couldn't get PewDiePie, so we got this dude. Right. Um, everyone really wants attention. Yeah, every, like we said in the previous episode, everyone's trying to be like the breakout star of it. Yes. So, like, it's hard to really get to know anybody because it kind of feels like it's expecting us to know everybody. And most of the games they play, mm-hmm. we can't conceptualize. Like, yeah. the, the way the, the end works, which I thought was interesting, you voted two people into this game. Yeah. Who then had no agency over whether or not they got the stay. Yeah. They just had to hope that their teammates that they chose yeah. would work hard enough to save them. But the game that they play is about solving these puzzles that are never explained to us in the as the audience. Right. So, like, I never have a time of, like, wow, she's really smart, she figured that out before I could, or the answer is so obvious, why aren't you doing this? It was just like, now they're on the next puzzle. They've solved it. I was like, oh. There's a lot of potential here, and I imagine that it gets fixed in later seasons. Yeah. But like right now it's hard to engage with as a reality show. Yeah. I mean, I Justine seems to have figured out that everyone's looking for attention. So she seems to be positioning herself to become the villain. Yeah. Cause she doesn't try that hard to save her partner. Yeah. So, so like we said last time, we don't really know all these people. So we're only going at it as a reality show. And as a reality show, it's failing pretty hardly. Yeah. It's, it's got some. It does have fun whodunit vibes in that mm-hmm. the uh, the traps are really convoluted and silly. Yes. Uh, the characters don't seem to matter. Like mm-hmm. they're playing like the renegade, the journalist, the fixer, but their characters don't matter. No. It literally just informs their costumes, and that's it. Yeah. So we really want to engage with this, but it's just not. It's not hitting. No. As, as hard as it tries. And we just don't know a lot of the people, like. We just don't... We're not familiar enough with the YouTubers. I've looked at the casts of other seasons. Yeah. And there's more people I'm familiar with. 
mm-hmm. in later seasons. Yeah, I know Matt Pat shows up. Yeah, Matt Pat, Nerdy Nummies, um, Tyler Oakley. Mm-hmm. So those are at least like the only person I'd heard of in this season was Glozell. She hasn't done that much yet. Right. So. Oh, and Shane Dawson I'm who saying who died dead. immediately. Yes. <laughs> So that has been our experience with uh, YouTube Red Month. Let's go ahead and get into Good Game, and we start by pouring one out. Yes, what do you have today? Uh, I just went very simple, and I have a scotch on the rocks, just like Alex orders. That uh, looks looks a little weird. It's oddly spicy. It is um, mm. very blue. Yes, and not vegan, that's for sure. Yeah, it's not It's not vegetarian. Yeah, so uh, that's what I'm drinking. It's terrible. Well, what do you got there? I have a Calamity Pain. Calamity Pain? Uh, named for one of the characters in Kill Core. Uh, I have uh, tequila, mango juice, a little bit of um, margarita mix, and a little bit of grenadine. Yeah, I see the grenadine pulling at the bottom like a, a pool of blood. Yeah, eventually our uh, our our audience is just going to realize that all of my drinks are variations of margaritas. Not eventually, right now. You just, you just admitted it. So, good game. <laughs> Let's get into this. This is a project for the Game Grumps. Yes. That was produced by Jesse Cox. And Michelle Morrow. And also uh, produced by Dan Harmon of Community Fame. Yes. And uh, I get a little bit of a community feel to this. Yes. Um, there are actually a few community comparisons that you could make uh, in the approaches to the cast and the approaches of like the ragtag group of misfits and how some of them bond in ways that are not traditional. Mm-hmm. And that feels a little community We open on an ad for the game Kill Core. around which the uh, show revolves. Yes, it is a MOBA, and it's basically along the lines of a, uh, what are the words I'm looking for here, Uh, a League of Legends or uh, a Dota. Yeah, and it's it's heaven and hell themed. If you lose, it's damnation. If you win, it's redemption. Yes. And characters include Calamity Pain, Manatine, Detached Retina, Double D-Rex, Butthurt, Prince Harming, Monster Pope, and Sweet Nuts. Sweet Nuts. Who's an evil squirrel. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that was really important. We don't get to know any of these characters except one. 
but I really wanted to read all those puns to you. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty sweet. And we find out there's a huge tourney called the Blood Match. Yes. Uh, that's a big esports uh, tournament with a million dollar purse. Yes. And Which I, I believe, like, million dollar purses in esports are not that uncommon for these types of games. Right. Uh, for, like, fighting games, maybe not. But for team-based games, since you're splitting the pot, it does get up to, like, million. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, like, the Overwatch League... Because mm-hmm. this is... It feels similar to Overwatch in a lot of ways. I mean, in a way, because uh, Overwatch is more of a first-person shooter, but it is that team-based protect the core, protect the... I think they call it the package in Overwatch. I'm not an Overwatch guy. I'm sorry. But it's also a big esports game. It yeah. is team-based. And Overwatch is probably... If you're talking to someone who knows esports, it's probably the one they're going to know. Right. They tend to be Blizzard games. Um, anywho. We meet a real team called Lucid Nightmare. Yes. And they're hardcore. Uh, they are... Ben Stiller's team from Dodgeball. Yes, it, it did feel very uh, Globo Jim. Yes. And they are led by Steeman Seaman. Yes. Who now goes by just Steeman because he made that name when he was 14. Yes. Which I think is a great like little bit of like the thing you thought was cool when you were 14 is now just with you forever. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, we see Ryland Tate, who is Aaron Hanton, Ego Raptor, Ego Raptor. Uh, in his underwear playing video games, and he wins like an upskirt trophy for taking pictures of upskirts. Yes. So it's this establishing character moment of this guy is kind of crusty and gross. Yeah. And his roommate, Alex, comes home. Yes. And is like, what did you do today? And he's working, he's clearly supporting both of them, kind of. Yeah. And they, he has just heard about esports. <laughs> Which he means esports because the TV in the bar was muted and he misunderstood. Yes. And I love this line. Dude, Rylan, they have tournaments, man. Like, you can win a million dollars. They made a job out of doing the thing that not having a job used to look like. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I like that line a lot. Alex has heard of the blood match and is like, yo, we could win a million dollars. So they start recruiting good players. Yeah. So they recruit Hot Diarrhea. Yes. Which is Kanal? Kumal. Kumal? Uh, yeah. Is it an M? Kumal? Yeah. Uh, Kumal is recently had his computer taken away because he's one of the worst cyber bullies in history. He's a really bad cyber bully. He hacked and cyber bullied the Micropenis Club? Yes. So they pretend that they have micropenises and they are from that so they can talk to this kid. Yes. It's a very weird scene. Yeah. And Danny asks for a glass of water so he can talk to the kid alone. I'm sorry, Miss Pasala. I'm suffering from what's known as penis shame throat. I'll get you some water. Okay, thank you so much. Kid, we lied to your mom. We have average-sized penises and we're starting a kill core team. You down? It, it feels very Game Grumpsy. Yes. Um, we, they introduce all the characters. They also introduce um, Samantha Sam Kinsey, who is an Olympic tennis hopeful who was injured. Yes. And, and she's ballbang 69. Yes. While she was injured with a knee injury, she picked up kill core. 
and she is unbelievably driven. Yes. So since all she had was Kilcore for a while, she became one of the best at it. Yes. Because she always strives to be the greatest. Uh, and we meet Lorenzo. Yes. Who is their roommate, or their landlord. Their landlord, who is coming to collect rent. Slash evict them, because they're yeah. six months behind in their rent. And then basically uh, reveals that he is big into the game Gauntlet. Yes. And they try to say that this game is just like Gauntlet. And they kind of get him on the team to pay for stuff. Yeah, he like bankrolls entry fees and equipment. And I, that's how they get Kamal to be on the team. Right, is they promise to pay him. They, well, they also bribe him with a computer because he's lost access to his computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little strange to me, this idea that landlords are unbelievably wealthy. Um, well, they set up that he's a property manager. He inherited all his properties from his father. Yeah, that's true. And that, like, it's just what he does. Yes. Like, he doesn't have much else going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, his username is Fine Wine. Yes. Uh, so he's a little different because he's... An adult yes. with money, mm-hmm. which the rest of them don't seem to be. Uh, we know Kumal is very young. We're not sure how old Sam is. Yeah, I was never able to get a good read on her age. I would assume she is... They establish she's old enough to do certain things. So she's got to be at least 21. Because they do have her drinking and they only mention Kumal True. as being underage. Um, but she's also an Olympics hopeful. Yes. So she's got to, I would imagine she's probably 22 or so. Yeah, something like that. Because um, she's not, she never mentioned school or college. Yeah. Uh, and I would imagine if she's an Olympic level, level athlete, she would be playing for a school. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so they, they make a team and Alex chokes on coming up with the name so he gives them the name Esports People the night before this charity tournament that they're going to do to get their names out there. Yes, so they're trying desperately because they're they're being rejected because they don't have any sponsors and they're not like a real team. And because they're brand new. So they can't get into anything, so they do a charity tournament. And we get this weird scene. So the, the team, just so it's clear at this point, is Alex and Rylan, the game grumps, uh-huh. uh, uh, Kamal, Sam, and Lorenzo. Yes. That's, you need five to be a kill core team. Mm-hmm. So they are driving to this, and they're kind of arguing because they're a ragtag group, despite the fact that they are also pretty good. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> Alex, who is driving, runs over a possum. Oh, my God. And just goes, I'm pretty sure that animal was a dick. And this is a completely pointless scene. Except it establishes than, Sam. Yeah. It establishes Sam and it's great comedy. <laughs> because yeah. it has my one of my favorite lines, which is... Well, it's a possum, right? Aren't they famous for playing dead? Yeah, but I don't think they use special effects. So that, Sam grabs it and breaks the animal's neck. Luckily, we don't see it. Yeah. But we see everyone else's reaction to it. Yeah. Like, ah! It was suffering, so Sam kills it. Yeah. And then they bury it and mark it with a cross made out of tampons. 
Which was also Sam's doing. Yeah. Because she's the only woman on the team, so exactly. she's the only one who would have been carrying tampons. True. Good point. Um, so she tried to give it a proper burial. And they get to the charity uh, competition, and it is a blonde commentator and Terry Crews. Terry Crews! Why is he here? I don't know, but they are sitting in front of the gender normative bathrooms to call the action. Yes. Which I thought was a fun little thing to throw in. Uh, and uh, the charity is... You mean gender neutral? No, general normative bathrooms. Because they're sitting in front of a men's room and a women's room. Oh. So they're making a comment that uh, they didn't have general gender neutral bathrooms. Okay. Which I thought was like... A nice little thing to include. Okay. So the charity that they are doing this for is Kids in Wheelchairs. Anaheim Cares. (laughs) Oh, it is actually called Anaheim Cares. But they don't know what it does. So they keep saying it's for kids in wheelchairs. Yes. Uh, Because that's they don't really know what the charity is for. So they just keep saying kids in wheelchairs. Because they don't like the esports people. And that's the name of their team. Do not know what the charity is. Yeah. They're just in it. And it turns out Steam and Seaman and his team are there, but they're not competing. They're like celebrities. Yes. So people are just there to get their picture taken with this insane Killcore team. But then Steeman notices Ryland. Yes. And it turns out that Ryland was a legendary player of Dota named Booger Boss. Yeah. Again, names you come up with when you're 14. Mm-hmm. And so Steven tries to get him on TV. Yes, because Steven is getting a documentary made about him. Well, and they're also on Spasm, which is their version of Twitch. Of Twitch, which is a nice little joke. And uh, they do like a little interview where they kind of bum rush Ryland. Yeah. And are basically just like, hey, it's me. We're, we used to be friends when we were young. Uh, until that video happened. And then they live streamed the video. Yeah. And apparently when Booger Boss, Ryland, was 14, his mom deleted his Dota account. Leading to this insane rage. Like this super public freak out temper tantrum. Well, in his bedroom freak out temper tantrum. That is live streamed and filmed. And yes. they reshow the video. Now, do you know what this is a parody of? Um... Any number of controller spike compilations? This, this is a very specific video about a kid. His brother runs into the room and he's filming himself and he says, uh, my mom just deleted my brother's WoW account. And he puts the camera down mm-hmm. and he basically has this insane freak out where he's like bashing his head against the wall, flopping in the bed, and then he rips all of his clothes out off and uh, tries to jam a remote up his ass. Okay. Uh, he actually got a web redemption from Tosh.0. Yes. Where he reveals that it was fake. Oh, yay. So this is meant to be an allusion to that video. All right. I did not know that. So uh, Ryland uh, leaves mm-hmm. ashamed. And Alex and- needs to like give him a pep talk. And Alex is crappy at the game. Yes. And uh, we meet Ash Donovan, who is an interviewer for gaming chat and for Spasm. Yes. And she is uh, like a Morgan Webb 
yeah. kind of character. She's got purple hair. She's very Nerdist. She's, yes. Uh, Michelle Morrow, actually, who plays her, did write for Nerdist. Well, well there you go. So, uh, basically, she is a an icon for the sport in terms of uh, an interviewer and things like yeah, that. Yeah, she's like Renee Young. There you go. That's From good uh, WWE. That kind of person. Mm-hmm. Except that Ash wants to play. Yeah, she was originally a player. But kind of was told she was too attractive and they wanted to use her on camera. Right. So she... Uh, she takes over for Alex in this, uh, they decide to do a competition that's not really, like, part of the tournament. Yeah. It's an exhibition. Well, Ash sets it up. Ash is like, well, why don't you play... Booger Boss versus Steeman, yeah. And it'll be this big, huge thing. And Steeman was like, I don't play anymore, I'm retired. And then it's like, well, it's for kids in wheelchairs. <laughs> yeah. And she goes like, if there's X amount of donations, they'll do it. And then... They hit that number like that. Right. And so they agree to do it, but Alex sucks and Ash goes, I'll play. Yes. So Ash jumps in and she's great. Yes. So she becomes the new member of the team and they're going back and forth. It's getting very close. And then all of a sudden the power goes out. Yes. And uh, it's heavily implied that Steeman paid a kid in a wheelchair. To unplug something. <laughs> to, like, run over it and make it look like an accident. Yes. Uh, and Steeman says something along the lines of, uh, I was trying to keep it close, you know, for, for drama. Yeah. And then they bail. Uh, Ash loses her job for playing for, the game. For jumping in. Yeah. Um, I think we may have missed it, but there's a Dan Harmon cameo. Is it in this episode? In this episode. And I was like, that's Dan Harmon. And he just kind of like yells at Ash for something. Um, you're fired. Are you serious? Do I look like Kevin Hart? Do I look like international comedy box office draw Kevin Hart? If I answer right, can I keep my job? Yeah, he's like the manager of the channel. Yeah. And I was like, ah, that's Dan Harmon. Cool. And then he's gone. (laughs) Uh, So... This was enough for esports people to kind of get some some buzz. A little bit of clout, yeah. Yeah, I believe they start trending. Yes. And now that Ash is on the team, uh, they're, they're stronger than they've ever been. So they are going to continue to train for the blood match. Yeah. Uh, I know that sounded like a lot. The pilot moves at a breakneck speed. Yes. Because it's like, here's the idea, let's form a team. All right, we formed a team. All here's, right, now we're at a tournament. All right, I was like, Jesus. Yeah, here's a super quick thing on each person to establish them. Yeah. Uh, Alex moves to coach. I don't know if we also mentioned that. I did. That. Okay. I just wanted to make sure we had that established. So we get to the second episode. And we get to them like learning to train and learning to become a team. Uh, this episode is called Everyone. Everybody Calls Everybody a Nazi. Yes. This is ballsy to make episode two, in my opinion. I, I kind of agree with it, though. Like, because you have all... This feels very community. Because you have a diverse group of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kamala South Asian. Yes. You call him Kamal because I keep picturing Kamal Nanjiani. Yeah, I keep doing that, too. Um, mostly because I'm usually picturing Kamal Nanjiani. Um, Concerning. 
He's really good looking. Oh, okay, all right, all right, all right. Let's stop talking about Kamal Najiani. Um, but uh, Kumal is South Asian. Sam is a black woman. Ash is female and a gamer. Um, and we find out in this episode that Lorenzo is gay. Lorenzo is gay. So everybody, it is a very diverse group of people. And I actually mm. like the way they do this uh, because nobody feels like a token and everyone's uh, background plays into who they are mm-hmm. without it being the entire point of who they are. Yeah. Uh, so they kind of, Kumal is an internet troll. Yes. Uh, he's terrible. We watch him Photoshop a an enemy's head onto... A a naked man, and then the naked man is photoshopped to be having sex with a lion? And I believe posts, that's what the devil... Yeah, and then he posts that on his rival's Facebook. Yeah. And Lorenzo talks about being gay, and Alex is like, Lorenzo opened up to you. And they call it weaponized sharing, which I think is funny. It should be noted that the reason he comes out is Kamal keeps using the... A slur. The, the, yeah, the F slur word that I am not a fan of. Yeah. And I heard that word and immediately, like, my hackles come out. And I'm, like, ready to, like, fight the world. Uh, because I'm not a fan of that word. And it is very true to gamer culture to have that word just thrown about. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been in these circles for a while that I know that this is at least true to life. Yes. But... The the pilot moves at such a breakneck pace of like trying to introduce all these topics. By episode two, I know all these people. I haven't decided I like them yet. Yes. So to do this and make him so unlikable out the gate, I was like, I don't know about this show. And then uh, Kumal just throws around a lot of slurs. Well, you smell. Good job. I'm really going to drink bleach over that one. Oh, it's not an insult. It's a fact. You smell like onions. Onions. You really can't smell it? Because everybody else can. It's not something I complain about. As a poop packer, I value tolerance. (laughs) Whatever, just call me a dumb whore so we can start the next game. No, I better get home. You could have just said, get out of my country. Sam's had enough, and she says, you smell like onions. And because he is South Asian, he takes that as racist and says, like, why don't you just tell me to come, go back to where I came from? And he storms out. Mm-hmm. Which is also kind of classic of, like, a troll that can't take it. Well, a, a big thing that Sam does is, like, she kind of, like, maintains this dominant eye contact. Yes. And is basically says, like, you smell like onions. This is not me insulting you. This is me presenting a fact about you. Yes. We all smell it. You smell like onions. Yeah, and kind of implying, like, he can't get a woman because of that. Mm -hmm. And he's a teenage boy, so that is, you know, harsh. Right. And everyone kind of storms out. They call practice off. So then we, uh, Ash and Sam kind of argue about whether what Sam said was racist. Right. And uh, they kind of all part ways for the day. Yes. And Ryland and Ash have a conversation about how Alex needs to step up as coach. Yeah. Because the, the team is getting out of control. They're fighting. Um, 
Lorenzo starts a board of words that upset people. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. Yes. He was like, we're going to put down these words that we'll know, because they're written down here, that we won't say them. Let's start with the big one. And he writes a big N. And I panic. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And then he starts writing stars. So yes. it is censored. But he writes like nine stars? He No, he writes just one too many. And Sam just goes, that's one too many. <laughs> I thought she I thought she said that's way too many. No, I thought she said that was one too many. Uh and then well I it comes up again later where yeah. I, I'm again just like go into panic mode. <laughs> uh because then we, we spend a lot of time with Alex and Ash at the bar. Yeah, Alex and Ash um Ryland kind of puts Ash up to taking Alex out to go drinking. Yes. And you kind of get this idea that they're starting to ship tease Alex Nash a little bit. Yeah. Um, and Alex agrees to go drinking. He's like, I, I don't know, maybe she likes me. I don't know. And then during that time, Ryland goes to Kamal's house and we watch Kumal and his mother flip each other off. Kamal's mother hates him. Yeah. Because he's a little shit. And Ryland pretends to take Kumal's side to get things done. Yeah. He's like, look, I know these people are flawed. You know these people are flawed. Pointing it out stands in the way of us getting that million dollars. Yeah, that's all that's important. Yeah. And basically he tries to play this game of like, I also don't like Lorenzo. Uh, He's just being gay for attention. Uh, I also don't like Sam. She's let's, a tryhard. Yeah, let's put all that aside so we can win. Mm-hmm. And Kamal's kind of like, okay, I'm on your team. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back at the bar, basically Ash's idea is uh, Alex lets things go too easily. Like, he doesn't care. Yeah, he's, he's super cheerful. He's super cheerful. He wants everyone to be happy. And he doesn't, he doesn't like conflict. So he orders a scotch in the rocks. He then receives some sort of blue drink full of straws and fruit. And like a pinwheel? And yeah. And it looks like something I would order. And the bartender says something like, I'm sorry, it's my first time as a bartender. And Alex just says like, it's all right, man, I believe in you. And he just drinks it with like straws poking him in the face. And he says it's oddly spicy. <laughs> uh, Alex then reveals that he told the she told the bartender to do that, kind of like trying to force him yeah. to engage in conflict. But he refuses and just keeps drinking them. Yeah, she said, "If you want to be a coach, you have to learn how to hurt people's feelings." Mm-hmm. Um, Alex reminds me of you so much in this episode. I mean, I people are allowed to make mistakes as long as they're trying their best. You know, how's that scotch in the rocks I made you? <laughs> it's um. A little chewy. That'd be the now and laters I throw in the bottom. Mm. Uh, oh, wait. Or are those the dehydrated apples? Oh, don't, don't. I will kill you. <laughs> uh, oh, look. See, I got you to do it. <laughs> I win. Um, yeah, so they kind of have this conversation. And then uh, the next thing we see is Sam and Lorenzo go into Ryland's apartment before... Any, anybody else gets there. Mm-hmm. Sam lights like a pine-scented candle as a preemptive strike. Mm-hmm. And Kumal and Ryland come back and Kumal is clean cut. 
He's wearing a button-down shirt. He's, like, combed his hair. He smells like a forest. Well, and then he, like, puts Sam up to taking a whiff of his armpit. Mm-hmm. And she, like, goes, you smell like a pine forest. <laughs> and he kind of apologizes to everybody. And uh, basically, throughout their practice, and they're practicing without Ash and Alex. Yeah, because Alex is, uh, Al- Ash and Alex are still at the bar with Katie, Ash's niece. Yes. Well, we'll, we'll let's finish this part so we don't get confused. Okay. Uh, so th- they're going to have practice without Ash and uh, Alex and... Kamal's just not playing well. Yeah, he's not on his game when he can't talk trash and he can't yell at people. He he doesn't get like into the groove. Yeah, that's what we think is happening. Yeah. Uh, the truth of the matter is, he's playing poorly on purpose to screw with everybody. Yes. And uh, Ryland picks up on this and calls him out on it. Kamal then just basically says, "Really." Why don't you tell Lorenzo and Sam what you really think of them? Yeah, and like Lorenzo keeps calling Ryland Ryan. Yes. And he says like, Ryland's a stupid name. Yeah, it's not a name. So they end up all at each other's throats and screaming. And then Kumal just smiles and sits back. And then Lorenzo grabs the sign, points at the letter N and screams, I'm going to say it. And I was like, no, 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 no. Don't make me have to turn this off, please. Just, it's not worth it. No. And I, I think it's important to note, uh, based on when we're watching this, uh, this kind of topic's been in the news a lot with the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. So a lot of what happens in this show, we're looking at through the lens of this essentially uh, modern civil rights movement we're in the middle of. Yeah. And so a lot of things that probably two months ago wouldn't have hit a certain way are hitting... Like, very close. Like, we're obviously looking at that going, ah, no, yes. no, 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 And that's not the first, that's not the only time that will happen in this show. Oh, we're, yeah, there's a couple episodes from now where things are going to be, uh, things are going to get real. So, we see Alex and Ash at the bar during this. Yes. Intercut. Ash tells Katie Alex has her doll. Alex mm. does not have her doll. Yes. Alex cannot bring himself to tell Katie he does not have her doll. Yes. And uh, Alex checks a text message and says, everyone's calling everybody a puppy. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, my phone autocorrects Nazis to puppies. Yeah. To make it a more positive place. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, basically, he's in this situation where he's forced to disappoint a person. Yes. And he just can't do it. And it gets to a point where she's like, can you please give me the doll? I really have to go to the bathroom. And Alex is like, just go. And she pees her pants? Yes. Uh, And then Ash comes in, gives her a wrapped doll box. And it's like, just go. This isn't working. And then strongly implies there's nothing in the box. Yeah, that it's an empty box because she needs to learn a lesson as well. You're not the only one I was teaching a lesson to today. But despite all this, Alex has not changed He's still a very positive person. He doesn't really see why he needs to uh, be aggressive. And And, then they get back. And then they get back and they see all the madness happening around him. And he shatters a bottle. And gives a pretty good speech. Yeah. About how everyone's fake. 
everyone's terrible. And he's like, Kamal, do you think you're the first person who's ever realized everyone's fake? Um, everyone talks behind everyone's back. Everyone's terrible. You're not special for realizing that. And uh, he kind of like grinds everyone down. Mm-hmm. And Ash tells Alex he's proud and he goes, don't touch me. <laughs> and it's like a good moment for Alex. Yes. This is pretty much the most character development Alex gets. Yeah, very true. Um, he does not, he is out of the main cast the least important. Alex? I would think, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, he's kind of a guide for Ryland. Um, but uh, I believe this is also where we notice in the background there's a sign that says, Oh, hey, Big Zam. Yeah. Which is a Game Grumps joke where they, I forget the name of the game they play, but it's like a robot fighting game. Mm-hmm. And the end boss of it is Big Zam, who is overpowered. Okay. Uh, that's the only character that Dan will play as. Gonna be Big Zam. <laughs> You're gonna be Big Zam? Big Zam, motherfucker! <laughs> Who should I be now? I don't know. I think I'll be Big Zam. Maybe we should play as normal gunmen. You're right, you're right. I should, I should mix it up. <laughs> I'm gonna be, eh, Big Zam again. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. I'm gonna be psycho Hey, Gundam. Big Zam! I'm not too familiar with the Gundam world. The, the whole top row is boss characters. Oh, I see. So, so, so these if, are all like normal characters. Right. right here. So if I were to pick like, um, I don't know, like Big Zam, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so all right. I think I'm gonna have to go. Oh, I like Psy. Yeah. Is that a girl? Psy? Yeah. I have no fucking clue, dude. I don't yeah. watch Gundam. Yeah. Peru too. Are there two Peros? Where's the original Gundam? There he is. Muro. Akahana looks pretty cool. Hey, Big Zen. Uh, so it's one of the like big jokes of Game Grub. So the and fact that that was back there was kind of funny. Kumal almost has a moment of conscience, conscience where he reaches out to the person he photoshopped the lion picture with. And he starts to type a text of, like, what I did to you was really messed up. Mm-hmm. And then he deletes it and texts, eat shit. Yeah, eat shit. Uh, and then we have the last segment, which we didn't talk about in the first episode. Oh, yeah, we should go back. Before we get to that, there's something I want to talk about we haven't really brought up yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the Game Grumps as performers. Yes. Uh, this is, like, we're two episodes deep in this. And in this, we have this big speech that... Uh, Alex gives, and there's also another speech that Ryland gives. Yes. They are not the best actors. No. Aaron's a little better. Aaron's a little bit better. Uh, Danny's really stiff. Yeah. Uh, There's going to be a scene coming up where it's kind of just Danny reacting without speaking. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good scene. But whenever he's delivering lines, it's a little off. And I think part of that is that it's more in Dan's skill set to do nonverbal acting mm-hmm. because of like music videos and stuff. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't usually have to deliver a lot of lines. And I also want to point out that like usually on a Game Grumps episode, Danny's kind of the straight man and Aaron's doing like crazy voices and freaking out. And that they're kind of playing like the opposite characters here. Yeah. Like, Aaron's kind of our straight man through this series. Because mm-hmm. everyone else is a little bit wackier and off. Yeah. And Danny is also, like, very crazy and wacky in this. 
and Aaron is kind of just not so much. So I thought that was a very interesting choice that they made. Yeah. Uh, so now let's talk about this end scene with you, Jesse you Cox. You can talk about these because I, I really didn't care for this. I, I thought this was so funny. Uh, at the end of the first episode, while credits are playing, you see Jesse Cox, uh, who is another Let's player. But in this, he is playing the creator of Kill Core. And he's buying a big house. And uh, the real estate agent basically curses him out for ruining her son, who wastes all of his time playing Kill Core. Yes. So he plays this character who kind of has everything, but also has this great weight on his shoulders for what he's done to society. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the end of the second episode... Uh, they're interviewing people and they're like doing word association. And it's just like hot, cold, flower, bees, kill core, punishment. And Jesse's just like, see, kill core is evil and gives him like a thousand dollars. Yeah. It's like, let's talk to the next one. So he's like this tortured artist. Yeah. I thought this was really funny. I also uh, know that uh, and this comes up later. Uh, they mentioned that Jesse Cox bought a giant mansion just so... Michael Bay couldn't have Michael it. Michael Bay couldn't have it. The King of Explosions himself couldn't have it. That's based in reality. Uh, there was a house that uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z were going to buy, but it got bought out from under him by Notch, the creator of Minecraft. Good for him. So... Uh, that little reference also made me kind of giggle. So, yeah, I didn't care for these parts. They they kind of come together later, but it takes too long. Yeah, the, the payoff of this is very strange, but I, I thought it was interesting. Eh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next episode is called Self-Abuse, Not the Fun Kind. Yes. And Sam is uh, recovering. And they're all noticing that Sam's limp is getting better. Mm-hmm. And Sam is starting to recover from the injury that sidelined her in tennis. And she starts to try to get back into tennis. And we see her and her practice partner, who is a Russian blonde girl. Yes. Like, if Sam is supposed to be a William sister, she's like Anna Kornikova. Yes. Like, the tropes of tennis. Mm-hmm. And... Her practice partner dumps her and says, like, I, this is ruining my training. I can't keep going easy on you. Right. And Sam thought she was still performing at her highest. And so Sam is broken. Mm-hmm. And she goes on this, like, ram- she goes on her own bedroom rampage. Yeah. And she, like, breaks all of her tennis trophies and her tennis rackets and kind of just freaks out. And Alex has figured out that the way to keep Sam on the team, because Sam, it's too easy for Sam, mm-hmm. is to start antagonizing her immediately. Yeah. You're late. I'm exactly on time. Right. I guess everyone else just decided that on time is late. <laughs> Since when does everybody... Shh. Damnation. Guys, if we're going to have a shot at blood matches one million Washingtons, we're going to have to do a lot better than that. Everyone else came to play. Did you? Which is like stage managers. Yeah, that's such a stage manager thing. Early is on time, on time is late, late you're fired. Yes. We see Alex just like feel really bad about it, but it works. Yeah. And then Steeman invites Ryland over to his house. 
Yes, that that's kind of the B plot for this. Uh, let's let's do one plot at a time instead of jumping back and forth. Okay, I, I usually go sequentially through the through the episode. I, I just think it'll be easier and faster. Yeah, um, we we get this like uh, training montage. Yes, where. Alex makes him do, like, a Mavis Beacon typing test. Yeah, to, to, to speed up her fingers. And they're like, a pixel could make the difference. Go into this field and find a four-leaf clover. Yeah. And he starts winging playing cards at them and telling them to catch them. Yeah. And we get, like, a training montage. It's, I'll make a man out of you. Like, yes. we see Sam struggle and then ultimately get good at all of the challenges Alex has laid out for her. Yeah, and we also see, like, on her own time, she's playing Killcore. And then, like, when she dies or in between rounds, she's doing the, the typing exercises. Yeah, and we see her in... She interacts with, like, Ghostface Shooter, who I thought we were going to see more of. Yeah. But we don't. Um, so Sam is yelling at the team. She guides them to victory. She's crazy intense. Ash has really cute sunglasses in one scene oh. that I made a note about because they're real cute. <laughs> um, but so she's talking to Ghostface Shooter, who's, like, her friend... Who she interacts with. And... Yeah, we never see him, do we? No. We just only hear him. But she... Uh, she essentially falls ill and has a mini-stroke. Well, before we get to that moment... Okay. We have to talk about how she, there's a moment where she's like, Is there anything that I can do to like improve? And Alex is at the point where he's kind of like, No, you're doing great. And she's like, anything like, should, should I have like sexual releases? Oh, yeah. That, and this like, is a funny bit. She's basically like, I will have sex with either of you right now if it makes my game better. And, and they're both like, no. And uh, what Alex ends up saying is, uh, if you have a Tinder squeeze, feel free to fool around, but not to completion. Save it. Like, yeah, save it up. And then it cuts to her playing Killcore. And some dude pops up from under the desk and is like, is this all we're going to do? He's like, get back. I have a few more games to play. He just goes back under and she goes back to playing, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, um, especially because that action is usually not seen. We usually, in oral sex sequences, it's usually the guy who's doing whatever he wants to be doing and you Mm. see a woman. Yeah. So that flips the script. Uh, it is this point I look it up and realize the two main writers of the series are women. Yeah, which I think is very interesting. It also makes a lot of sense on why Sam and Ash are probably two of the most well-fleshed-out characters. Yeah, they're definitely the most developed. Um, they're definitely... It also kind of makes a lot of sense, the approach to female gaming and the approach to uh, both of those characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... As she's playing, she gets more and more into it. She's pushing herself harder and harder and harder. And then eventually she has a stroke. Just a mini stroke. Just a mini stroke. And they have to go to her in the hospital. And And like, Lorenzo cries. Yeah. And like, her face is all messed up. Like, this, this was a bit dark for me. To have her like in the hospital, like slurring and drooling. It would have been too dark if she didn't come back. Yeah. But in the next episode, it's never mentioned again. She's fine. It's it's a comedy injury. Like, she's not... There's no lasting consequences to this injury whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, Sam is like... Sam is hard on herself and she goes like, Look, uh, I don't know how to have fun. Everything... If it... It doesn't hurt 
I don't think I'm getting something out of it. Right. And then Ash goes, oh, well, here, I'll show you something for that. I'm wearing this right now and shows her something on her phone that we don't see. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is definitely something women wrote. Right. I didn't quite get this. Oh, that she's like wearing like a chastity belt or a, like she's wearing some kind of sexual device mm-hmm. that like is painful. Right. Um, like that's what I got from it. All right, so then going back into the B plot. Yeah, the B plot here is Booger Boss Ryland uh, has been contacted by Steam and Seaman, and uh, he wants him to come over and see the new place. And Ryland is conflicted because he hates him, but he doesn't want him to know how much he hates him. He doesn't want him to know how much he matters to him. Right. Uh, and. Uh, he goes over to the studio first, where they're doing, like, these photo shoots. And Steeman reveals that he's the one who gave his mom the password to delete Dota. Yeah. And, like, he starts to freak out and he goes, wait, was that true? Mm-hmm. And Steeman's like, no, that was just for... Uh, drama for the documentary. The truth is, I set up the web camera that filmed you. Right. So, Steven is super evil. Yeah. And he's like a greasy, gross person. Um, Is set up to be a greasy, gross person. Yeah. So, Alex advises him to take the high road with him. Yeah. Like, he's going to try to intimidate you, he's going to try to belittle you, but just always be above yeah, so he brings, like, a gift basket. Yeah, he gives, like, some, a big thing of pineapples and, and pears. Yeah, like an edible arrangement. Uh, Steeman worries that it's poison. Yeah. But, uh, we also see Steeman's girlfriend. Yes. Who's, like, a cute model who is doesn't like him. Yeah. She is very clearly with him because uh, of money. Yeah. She's, like, in the backyard partying with her friends at the pool. Yeah, she's in a bikini. She's there to be attractive in the documentary. <laughs> And he asks her to go put the basket in the kitchen. She's like, no. Yeah, do it yourself. And he's like, "Uh, uh, okay. Uh, Like, just all these hints that he is a very sad, insecure little man. Yeah, Ryland says, I missed you as a friend. And, like, they share a hug. And the documentary is like, ooh, closure. Nice. I I should mention, I'm not positive about this, but I'm pretty sure the guy filming the documentary is also the guy that does all the filming for Saw in Better Call Saw. Mm-hmm. It's a weird thing to be typecast as. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's him. So I kind of had a laugh when I saw him. Yeah. So then he tries to like take the high road. He tries to, you know. He essentially co-ops the narrative of the documentary out from yes. under Steven. By being forgiving and being kind. Yes. So it kind of works. And there's also this moment where... The he gets introduced to Steeman's Kill Corps team, which is entirely new people. Yeah, because he rotates them out, and uh, it's like, yeah, make him feel at home. And one of the team members says, "I thought we were supposed to make him feel awkward." Yeah, and Steeman's like, "We're not doing that." Shush, 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 shush. So I don't know what we're supposed to be getting out of this. If like Steeman is actually happy about the friendship possibly getting back together, or if it was Steeman kind of being upset that Ryland was playing this game with him and kind of realized what was happening. Oh, Steeman's upset. 
Steeman wants to control the narrative. Steeman mm-hmm. wants it to be... He wants to look like the bigger man. Mm-hmm. He wants it to be this big moment where he comes clean to Rylan. And he wants Rylan to freak out and look like the idiot. Yeah. He essentially like, yes. wants to recreate the temper tantrum. Yeah, okay. Uh, that makes and sense. then when Rylan doesn't bite, mm-hmm. it really ruins his plan. Mm-hmm. So I think he's upset. because, And that's why he's like... No, 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 we're not going to do the thing where we make him feel awkward. Because now it's going to reflect badly on him. So then later, Steeman shows up at Ryland's apartment with the gaming chairs. Yes. The expensive gaming chairs. And he's basically trying to out-high road him. Yes. And Ryland sees through it and basically goes, fuck the high road. You hate me. You're doing this on purpose. Yeah. And Steeman kind of gets upset. And Ryland kind of looks like a jerk on the documentary, but is, like, morally where he should be. Yes. Because he's being true. And that's kind of the end of that. Yeah. Uh, that'll bring us to the next episode, episode four. Yeah, there's another Jesse Cox bit in oh, yeah. this episode. I don't remember what it is. I didn't take notes. Yeah, I, I think it's, I've disengaged from these bits at this point. I think it's him, because this is where we... I think he walks into his pool and tries to drown himself. Yeah. <laughs> So, the next one, they're doing a big spasm stream. They're streaming all five of their computers mm-hmm. to get fans. They're going to, like, build a sandcastle. And we're realizing that Lorenzo really sucks at the game. Yes. And, and so they're doing this big stream. Lorenzo has made this huge charcuterie yes. tray of the kill core set. Yes, which is fun. And it, it's kind of cute. Uh, it should be noted that they're doing the stream at Lorenzo's house. Yes, and Lorenzo has bought like little IKEA tables for each one of them. Mm-hmm. Like Lorenzo is heavily bankrolling the situation. He bought little like decorations. And they're basically doing this Twitch stream in an attempt to attract a sponsor. Yes. Uh, but that's also so that they can then get rid of Lorenzo because he's bringing the team down. Yes, because Lorenzo is very, very bad. Uh, I will see, say what they do with like the Twitch stream, very true to life. Is like, it? They're sitting in a circle and one t- at point they yell fire drill and they all switch computers and play each other's characters. Gimmicks like that are totally how Twitch streams work. It did look like, it reminded me of when we did Extra Life Day. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I say we, I didn't really do a lot with it. Um, <laughs> you were there. You, you brought cupcakes and pizza. I attended and fed. Uh, that was my purpose for the party. And I played Trivia Murder Party. And I won. <laughs> but it was that kind of, like, it revolved who was hosting and who was taking care of everything. Yeah. So, it was it was neat. And they're trying to get fans. Yes. And Rylan looks over and sees that Sam's chat is disabled. Yeah, this is interesting. And he opens Sam's chat and sees... We don't see the N-word. Yeah. Because I, I was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. We see pretty much every other horrible thing that... Yeah. Uh, and hateful, this is what I mean about... Hateful, hateful comments. And again, this is actually what I meant about how the show handles diversity. Mm-hmm. It does not ignore that this is what Sam's experience would be. Mm-hmm. It never ignores that. Sam is not defined by being a black woman. But the show also does not pretend she's just a generic character who happens who was played by a black actress. Mm-hmm. So I do appreciate 
how they handle mm-hmm. diversity in the yeah. show. And immediately Rylan wants to, like, yell at them. He wants to white knight. But all you're doing is feeding the trolls. So uh, he does, like, like without Sam's knowledge, try to defend her. And all he does is make it work. So this is realistic. Yes. And you see how Sam approaches it versus how Ash approaches it. And Ash says, like, hot girls on the esports people stream. Mm-hmm. So Sam plays into the objectification because that's where her experience is from being essentially, uh, from being a host of a G4 or Twitch type thing. Yes. A lot of people, they ask why there's no diversity in things like Twitch. And, and it's because a lot of people just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, Twitch is a very hard thing to do. Uh, I mean, I'm a Twitch streamer. I stream uh, for about an hour a day every weekday. But, like, to be a partner of Twitch, you have to stream 25 hours a month. Yeah. And also maintain an average of 75 viewers at a time. Wow. Which is an insane ask. Uh, so, like, to go through the trouble to get that and then to maintain that to make some money is very, very difficult and often not worth it. Yeah. Um what else happens in this episode? Let's talk about Lorenzo. Uh, okay. Lorenzo, uh, they're trying to, like, kick him out. And basically... Oh, actually, before we can talk about Lorenzo, we have to talk about Steeman. Right. Because basically... And Kumal. And Kumal. Because they're kind of interrelated in this episode. Uh, yeah. The Basically, the way that they're kind of getting fans is they're also... Uh, Coaching uh, Lucid Nightmares fans. Yeah, they're they're chat bombing Lucid Nightmare and basically being like, "Come to esports, people!" And uh, they're making and Kamal is like really insulting members of Lucid Nightmare and making them cry. All these just like really horrible things. And then uh, Lucid Nightmare gets swatted. Yes. <laughs> and I immediately was like, "No." Which is a real thing that happens to Twitch streamers. They yes. Think, people think it's a fun prank to have a SWAT team break down your door. Yeah. And especially now in this uh, in this day and age of police being a hot mm. button topic of like this. I mean, people have died from being swatted. Yes. Uh, so everyone thinks Kamal did it and he claims that he didn't and no one believes him. Right. But... Then at one point he's like, fine, I did it. I love cops. I talk to them all the time. Blue lives matter. And me and you look at each other and go, ooh. (laughs) A weird time for that. Oh, no. So they end up with proof, because Kumal hacks into Steeman's computer, that Steeman actually orchestrated the swatting on his own team to make the esports people look bad. Yes. And Kumal is a good fall guy because Kumal is a troll. Yes. Now we have to talk about... Lorenzo. He's, Lorenzo is trying really hard to make things great for everybody. Yes. And uh, at one point, the doorbell rings. And they're afraid that they're about to be, like, swatted as revenge. Yes. And it turns out it's a clown and a silver man. Yeah, like, and, like a living statue type. Yes, and a woman. And, like, a singer, yes. And it turns out Lorenzo called for them to be here. To make the stream more interesting. To make the stream more interesting. Uh, Rylan is terrified of clowns. Yes. Uh, and eventually 
they have to break it to him that he's terrible. Yes. And... With his own favorite gauntlet. Yes. So they have this woman that showed up, the singer, play gauntlet and beats uh, Lorenzo's high score. Yeah, and she establishes that she's never played a video game. She is not a video gamer. She has, like, never seen a gauntlet machine in her life. And Lorenzo's like, but gauntlet's everything that I am. I'm the video game boy, which is another Game Grumps reference. Okay. There's a a very famous uh, Game Grumps episode where Aaron yells, I'm the video game boy. I'm the one who wins. Uh, (laughs) And Lorenzo basically loses his mind. And burns his jacket that has gauntlet stuff on it. That he made when he was 13. Yeah. Because he doesn't like, he can't comprehend it. But he does it on the stream. Yes. And you see the the spasm chat. And spasm chat's like, old dude is about to lose it. This is kind of sad. Burn the jacket. Old guy needs food badly. Because he's thin. No, it's a gauntlet joke. In gauntlet, they're like, Elk needs food. Because you can starve to death in Gauntlet. Oh. So, like, that li- little thing, and it gets, like, no attention. You have to be paying attention to see it. And you have to know the reference, which I did not. Awesome joke. Loved it. <laughs> Made me very happy. But, yeah, so that's a really good, uh, it's a really good bit. And the Twitch, or, excuse me, the Spasm community really connects with this. And they make him a meme. Yes. They kind of love him, and they find that that's Lorenzo's value. So they kind of were like, well, now we have to keep Lorenzo. Yes, they, they get offered a sponsorship deal from a mouse. Yes. Like computer mouse, not like Mickey. Rat Robots loves our stream. Is that another team or actual robotic rats? Because that sounds terrifying and adorable. No, it's a high-end gaming mouse, and they want to sponsor us. No shit. How much do they want to pay us? Let's just say you're not going to have to eat hot dogs for breakfast anymore. Real sausages. But they still need Lorenzo. But they still need Lorenzo. And that's that episode. That was episode four. Yes. Uh, episode five is right before the blood match. where the, It's another, like, big training episode. What's well, qualifiers. Uh, well, don't they train first? Don't we have the, uh, the thing with Ryland and Lorenzo? Yes, but, like, this episode moves so quickly, it's also qualifiers. Okay, yeah. Um, Th- again, this show moves at a breakneck speed. Yeah, I was about to say, this is training, but it's also qualifiers. Yeah. Um, this is the Ash-centric episode. Yes. Uh, Lorenzo doesn't really get his own episode, but he has pretty heavy B-plots in almost every other one. Uh, there's, I want to say, three main plots in this episode. Again, yes. for a 25-minute episode. Um... So the first one we're going to talk about is the Ash plotline. Yeah, because it's important. And it's Ash talking to her mom. And if you've ever seen The Room, uh, Ash's mom is like, I have cancer. In the same <laughs> convincing way yeah. that uh, Lisa's mom from The Room does. Yeah. And she's trying to convince Ash to move home because she doesn't have a real job. And Ash is like, you know, I have a team. I have people yeah. counting on me. And you get the impression that Ash is like... In her early 30s and late 20s, not going to move home. So she goes drinking with one of her friends. We really see Ash's drinking problem in this episode. Mm-hmm. And it's her friend Mia, who also plays Kilcore. Yes. 
Anyway, how's playing for Starcorn? I got dropped a month ago. Oh, shit, I'm sorry. So now I'm a sub on Mimageddon. Oh, really? I think we're actually playing you guys in qualifiers for Blood Match. I mean, Mimageddon's like really good. They'd be fucking better if they let me play. Obviously. <laughs> I love what you're doing. Uh, what am I doing? Two girls, the old guy, like the really, really old guy, that child size hate crime. Kamal's actually never been convicted. You guys are undermining the establishment from within. You're turning the entire league into a joke. You know we're actually trying to win, right? Yeah, no, I know you're trying. <laughs> All right. I mean, if you guys got to blood match, that would be the funniest thing ever. <laughs> and Mia tells Ash about this other team. Yes. Called Pure Digital. Pure Digital. And they're all women. And Ash was like, are you sure it's not porn? And Mia's like, no, 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 I played with them. They're legit. And Ash kind of underhandedly convinces Mia to go back to grad school. So she can steal her spot in Pure Digital. Yeah, and I liked that they didn't really shy away from this. Because I, I liked that Ash and Sam didn't compete about being the girl. Because there's always that like token one woman rule in like nerd media. Mm -hmm. But I also liked they did kind of have that there is that competition. Yeah. So I'm glad they didn't put it between the two main female characters, but I'm glad they acknowledged that there is that like need to be competitive mm -hmm. because you feel like there's only one slot in a team for a woman right. and you're going to get it. Uh, when I tried out for my improv team in college, mm -hmm. eight people were called back, six men and two women. And the other woman and I looked at one another. The entire callback session went, they're, they're going to take you. They're only going to take one of the women, and it's going to be you. Mm -hmm. In the end, they took both women. And we were very surprised by that because usually uh, there are not a lot of women on improv teams. Mm -hmm. So uh, th that's... That's very familiar to me to feel like yeah. there's only that one spot for you. So Ash undermines her friend, gets her to go back to grad school because her friend has a bachelor's in neuroscience. Yes. And Ash goes and takes Mia's spot to audition for Pure Digital. Yes. They make her play a different main. Yes, because it apparently fits her better. And they were right. Yes. Uh, and basically the thing about Pure Digital is they need to be pure. So they are vegan and they are celibate. And they are uh, boozeless. And they, yes, and they don't drink. And they're not competing this year. Yeah, they have to go to, I want to say it's Rome, but that's South Korea. Rome. South Korea. They have to go to South Korea to cleanse first. Yeah, they're going to like a Buddhist temple. Yeah, and then next year they're going to come and win Kilcore. They're, they're biding their time. They kind of want to let other teams cannibalize each other. Mm -hmm. And they offer. Uh, Ash the chance to go with them and give her a plane ticket. Yes. So, but she would have to leave before qualifiers are over. So, her plan is to basically go to qualifiers. They would probably lose very quickly because they're not that good. And then she's off to South Korea with Pure Digital. Yes. So she's kind of trying to like, yeah, I was here. Look, we're not that good. Sorry. Goodbye forever. Yes. Um, the problem is, uh, there has been a little bit of training with Lorenzo, and that's really all we need to mention. Nothing huge happens there. Lorenzo gets better at the game. Yeah. And then the other plot. And... Sam and Kumal, uh... Oh, yes, I Kumal, forgot about all of this. 
Kumal informs Sam about uh, getting people banned. Yeah, sniping. Sniping and essentially baiting people into saying things that will get them banned. Yeah. And Sam acknowledges that there are, is dirty psychological warfare in every sport. Mm-hmm. She mentions Tanya Harding. And she mentions, like, a very specific incident that she probably did. Yeah. Like, she's like, oh, you know, you wait outside and hit somebody with your tennis racket. Like, mm-hmm. something very, very specific. Yes. And Kumal's like, that is specific. Mm-hmm. So Kumal teaches her how to snipe. Yes. And teaches her how to, like, not get caught sniping. Mm-hmm. And Using Smurf accounts. Yes. So, they, and they bond. And this reminded me of Community. Mm-hmm. Uh, this reminded me of when Jeff and Shirley bond over being gossips. We, we just started rewatching Community. Like, yeah. when we can't deal with the outside world anymore, we watch Community. And they bond over being gossips, and they bond over, like, being mean to Vaughn. Mm-hmm. And I think Dan Harmon has a really good grasp on the ties that bind people together are not always altruistic. Yeah. Uh, Kumal and Sam bond over kind of being crappy. Mm-hmm. And so they snipe enough good players that when they get to the uh, qualifiers, several players are, or several teams are using subs. Yeah, people are suddenly missing. Yes. Uh, and th- so they're playing, and Ash is kind of playing at half speed. Because she thought she would be losing by now. Yeah, and she's like looking at her watch. And they end up doing so well that she misses her plan. Yes. And even though like they're doing so well, they come in fifth. Yes. And Alex has to like do a speech about being upset. And then gets a phone call saying that they are in third place and that they are going to death match. They're like, how? To we blood can't... match. Oh, I'm sorry, to blood match. And like, how is that possible? We lost. It's like, yeah, uh, one team uh, got disqualified for sniping. Yes. And one team lost a player to pure digital. Yes. (laughs) So now we're third. Yes. So essentially, almost like this team is lucky enough or pure of heart enough as a family Mm -hmm. to survive Things that take down other teams. Yeah, the exact thing that should be taking down their team. It's yes. like a horrible do sex machina. Yeah. And that is also a little community to me of mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, uh, why is it always U7? Like. Why is it always U7? Like the Greendale 7 of like, for oh. some reason, everything in the school seems to revolve around and work out for these seven people. Mm-hmm. It's like. Because the esports people are the protagonists, things work out for them. This gets subverted in glorious fashion in the next episode. Mm-hmm. So the next episode is Blood Match. Yes. There's no time between this. Yeah. We also binged this to keep on our yeah, episode schedule. Because we, we got so this, electricity and this is all we could do. Um, well, we, we had to get through this. At, like, we're recording in our usual time slot to record. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had to really... Really work to get there. Mm-hmm. Lorenzo is late to practice, but he rolls up in a very legit-looking party van with esports people on <laughs> yeah. the side, and Kumal asks to drive it, and Lorenzo lets him learn to drive. <laughs> yeah, <on it. laughs> which is nice. Oh, and you know what? 
let's. Br- I want to bring this up at this time. Yes. Because this is when I realized it. The opening, like, graphic and song to this show is so weird. The title of this show is bad. Uh, yeah, the title is bad. Good Game is a terrible name for what this is. Yes. Uh, like, it, I think it should have been called Esports People. Yeah, like, there are a lot of things they could do. But there's something about the opening graphic and song that's, like, really, like, retro. It almost makes it look like it's going to be about, like, NES-style games. Yeah. That is so juxtaposed to the rest of the show that I love it. Okay. So I really love the just, like, 30-second opening jingle to this because it's matched up with all these, like, F-words and horrible people. Yes. Yeah, like, it feels very quaint when you're yes. looking at it next to. Alex is, like, consoling Ryland because Ryland is nervous. And we see Terry Crews again. He's back in this episode. Yeah, he got a two-episode deal. And because that's this is when uh, one of your favorite lines happens. Yeah. Can you say shit on this? Yeah, you can say shit. Watch. Shit. Oh, yeah, because Terry Crews, who's got a lot of experience doing network TV... Is trying to like censor himself, so he says like, "Oh, they're really pooping the bed here." <laughs> oh, because uh, they lose their first game, right? Badly. Yes. And that's when Terry Crews is like, "They're really pooping the bed," and the other commentator goes, "They're shitting the bed." Yeah. There's definitely shit on that bed. <laughs> shit. Watch shit. And then throughout the rest of the the show, Terry Crews. Swears up a storm. Because he can. <laughs> because he can. And like Terry Crews is one of those actors who can like he like he reminds me of The Rock in the way that he can just be Terry Crews. Yes, and it's exciting. And he can like just pure unadulterated charisma his way through things. Mm-hmm. And so they're in the losers bracket, and Alex gives a good speech about how like they're gonna do this because Sam never got to go to the Olympics. And Ash never got to play. And Ryland's Dota account got deleted. Lorenzo is lonely. And Kumail, and Kumal will never see the touch of a woman. Mm-hmm. Like We are the losers. So this is where we belong and we're going to overcome. Yes. So they go through four teams quickly. Harmful Zone, Power Up, Spherozoid, and then Shiny Happy. Yeah. And they're like all just... Generic gimmick teams. Yes. Very, like, very harmful dodgeball. Zone, yeah, Harmful Zone is wearing, like, Top Gun yes. flight suits. Shiny Happy are all in, like, metallics. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is an REM reference. Yeah, and then the final is uh, going to be Lucid Nightmare versus Esport people. Yes, or the semifinals. Yes. The semifinals are now going to be Lucid Nightmare versus Esports people. But there's going to be a party beforehand. Yeah, that's going to be the next day, is the semis. And that's when we find out that Jesse only bought this house because he didn't want Michael Bay to have it. Mm -hmm. And everyone fans out. uh, We can't really go in order because it jumps around so much. Yeah. Uh, So I'm going to try to go... um, Well, before we, like, dive into it too much, let's just... I just want to say it's, like, a huge mansion, and it's an insane party. And I want to say, as someone that has gone to, like, post-con parties, this is fairly accurate. 
they're usually insane. Yeah, they're usually... Uh, you look around and you're like, what is happening? Is that the guy from Nick Arcade? Yes, yeah. Um, we, we, and it is. Yeah, we have gotten drunk with him. We have gotten drunk with John St. John, the voice of Duke Nukem. I have not. I have. He's a maniac. Um, I was not at that party. <laughs> He's insane. Um, so, like, this is what, like, the nerd, like, backstage party is like. Yeah, it's surprising and, like, it's... It's not the stereotype of it's just a bunch of white dudes. Mm-hmm. Like, we see a lot of people. Yes. And we're going to talk about Kumal's subplot first. Because okay. he immediately sees this young woman. And she she's very young. Yes. You get the idea that she's Kumal's age. Yeah. And she has Sweet Nuts' insignia tattooed in her arm. Mm-hmm. And... He's like, wow, that hurt? And she goes, oh, it's just permanent marker. But I'm going to get it someday. Because mm-hmm. she's young. Yeah. Well, naturally, there's a tattoo artist at the party. Again, less inaccurate than you might think. Because mm-hmm. every year when we go to Wizard World Philadelphia, there are tattoo artists on the show floor. Yeah, just around. And to me, that seems like the most nerve-wracking thing mm-hmm. for everybody involved. And so Kumal watches her get the Sweet Nuts insignia tattoo. And he kind of tries to wuss out, but mm-hmm. she calls him on it. Yeah, they, they kind of, like, start this little relationship based on the fact that they're both little shits. Yeah, and that they both like Sweet Nuts. Yeah. Whose character, he's the only one we learn a lot about. One, they get rid of him for rebalancing. Yeah. And uh, for Blood Match, Kumal has to play Prince Harming, and he's pissed about it. Mm-hmm. So that's his little subplot here. Uh, we then see Sam's... Sam, Ash, and Lorenzo are all a little bit interconnected, so we're going to just follow Sam Okay. here. And uh, there's this guy who hits on Ash and Sam, mm-hmm. one after the other, Dax with two X's. Two X's. And uh, I have been to parties where me and one other woman are standing around and a guy hits on one of us, fails, and then just turns to the other one <laughs> without a trace Your of turn. shame. Yeah. So, like, this is also kind of accurate from being at these parties. And uh, Sam hits on a waitress, regrets it, and kind of talks about how she's bad at parties because parties are about being loose and having fun. Mm -hmm. And it's consistent with her characterization. It's hard for her to be good at parties. Because being good at a party relies on a skill set she does not have. Right. Um, Let's talk about her pickup line. What was her pickup line? Uh, this girl oh, kind of yes. walks oh, by and's like, I like your dress. Where'd you get it? She's like, your bedroom floor. And the girl's like, what? I got my time machine and I picked it up from your back, your bedroom floor after we have sex tonight. She just kind of walks away. And I love that they just kind of drop in that she's bisexual. It's not yeah. like a plot point. It was just like, yeah, she's bisexual, whatever. That's moving on. Yeah, like, and... This also ties into Lorenzo's plot. Yes. Lorenzo has his feet in the pool. He's kind of just like hanging out by himself because he feels too old to be there and lonely. And a guy approaches and he's a voice actor from Kilcor. Yes. And they talk and the guy is familiar with Lorenzo because Lorenzo has become a big meme in mm-hmm. the Kilcor community. And they kind of like have a genuine little connection. And you see them sitting together with their feet in the pool. Mm -hmm. And then Sam joins them. Yeah. And talks about like being bad at parties. Yeah, he's like, I just get drunk and I make out with someone's boyfriend or girlfriend. And then she gets drunk 
and makes out with the guy Lorenzo had formed a connection with. Yeah, and Lorenzo's butt. Yeah, and it's, like, very sad. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Ash and Ryland kind of have their little, like, subplots of Ash vanishes. She kind of goes to hide in the wine cellar and is just systematically destroying the wine cellar mm-hmm. one bottle at a time. And Ryland joins her and they're kind of just like talking. Yeah. And she knocks over a bottle and they kind of get too close and there's an almost kiss. Yeah, they touch digits. And Ash is like, this is weird. And Ryland's like, oh yeah. And Ryland's like, I'll leave. And Ash gets another bottle. Mm-hmm. We then also see Dax... Uh, he has found a young woman. Yes. Dax yeah. is like making out with another ex. I was worried about Dax, but he, he does find someone to hook up with. And then during all this, Alex meets a girl who's doing VR. Mm-hmm. And she is very sexually aggressive with him. And he's so like innocent. <laughs> that he's just amazed by VR. Yeah, he's amazed by VR. And he's like, I'm not hitting on anybody tonight. Like, I'm just here to like be helpful. And... Uh, it turns out she is Steven's girlfriend. Yes, and she was looking for a man for to join them in a threesome. Yeah, and it does not go well. Yeah, Steven's not down with it because it's Alex from eSports people. And But Steven tries to poach Alex as a coach. Mm-hmm. Seeing how far eSports people has come so quickly, he suddenly wants to kind of take... Uh, he really wants to take Alex away and you don't know if it's because Alex is a good coach or if it's to get back at Ryland. Right. And uh, Ryland is looking for Alex. So he then sees a different set of Lucid Nightmare players playing Jenga very intensely in a dark room. Yeah. And he opens a dark room and it's just this very long segment of an opera singer. Yeah, very strange. And Ryland being confused and terrified. Mm-hmm. And he finally goes into another door and Jesse who is now in the rest of the plot, mm-hmm. is Great Gatsbying the party. Yes. Like, all we need is the green light in the distance. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of, like, talking about how people ruin their lives over his game. He's yeah. like, all this because of a game I made because I was going through some stuff. Mm-hmm. And from the balcony, Jesse sees Alex hug and shake hands with Steven. Yeah. And he rushes down to Alex and says Alex is being used. Mm-hmm. And Alex... Kind of says, like, not everything's about you. Yeah. And they have a fight. Mm-hmm. Which, whenever you have two best friends in a show like this, they're gonna fight. They have to fight. It's yeah. it's like a very Chekhov's gun relationship-wise thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so there's not really a lot of resolution, and it's the next morning. Yeah. And it's finals, and Alex is missing. Alex is missing, and Ryland is missing. Uh, no, no, Ryan, Ryland is there at first. But Ryland goes to go look for Alex. That's what he tells the other... He's like, I'm going to go look for Alex. And he bolts. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so he gets in the van and Alex pops up in the back of the car. Yeah. Because he knew Rylan was going to run. So he slept in the van. I slept in the van because he knew you were going to try to run away. And they have an... They they have a... Not an argument. They kind of have a conversation about like how Rylan is afraid of success now. Yeah. They have a broment. Their fight never really gets resolved. Mm-hmm. But Ryland agrees to go back. Now, they've been making excuses for Ryland for the last hour, saying he was pooping. Yes. So Ryland and Alex get there just in the t- just in time. 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of faux suspense because there's enough going on. Yeah. Esports people beat Lucid Nightmare. Again, a different set of Lucid Nightmare yes. people. And, like, Rylan is the one who saves the day. Like, yeah. they're about to go down, and then he slips through and attacks the core. And, like, the you see his health bar versus the core's health bar, and they're, like, pixely close. And they he wins the day, and it's important here now. When you win, it says redemption, which is the thing they set up from the beginning. Is yes. This is now his redemption. Yep. And Steeman, like, throws a temper tantrum. And as he's throwing the temper tantrum, it starts to zoom out to show that this is a live stream. Yeah. So basically the same thing that had happened to uh, Ryland is now going to happen to Steeman. Except Steeman is yelling in the face of a child. Yeah. Because he's attacking Kumal, specifically. Mm -hmm. Who, it does not look great. Because Steeman is a middle-aged white guy Mm -hmm. screaming in the face of a underage South Asian boy. Yeah. And he humiliates himself and then the crowd goes wild. And that's when we are reminded that this was not the finals. Yeah, it was the semifinals. Because it's built up so huge that we think it's the finals. We do not see the finals. Yeah. We see them in the van with their check for $10,000. Well... No, we see the check first, and we see them in the van, and then it cuts back to who won. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the winners are low low expectations. Yeah. And even more underdog-looking team. (laughs) Yeah, like someone's on a walker. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like a young Muslim woman gives this, like, moving speech about how, like, if they can learn to play, anyone can play. Mm Mm-hmm. And you realize, like, they are more protagonist-y than the protagonists. Yes, and the people They are follow. more underdogs. They are more ragtag. And Ryland's like, uh, yeah, I'm glad that they won. We'd be real douchebags if we were upset to lose to them. <laughs> and uh, Sam is yelling at Kumal because he keeps farting. Yes. And then Alex uh, admits that he... Tricked Lorenzo into buying them all a house that they're all going to live in. Yeah. And also that he's been farting this whole time. He's comfortable enough to say it. And that's the season two hook that we will never see. And uh, Oh, wait. I'm sorry. There is one more scene. The ending is where we go back to the blood match arena that is now empty. Mm -hmm. And it's Jesse alone kind of just like taking in the stage and just kind of looking around. And then a dude just walks up and shoots Jesse in the chest. Yeah. And the, it's being discussed by, like, two janitors. That two, were, like, event staff. And they're like, you know, what was this? I thought it was a concert. I wonder who they are, the two janitors. Yeah. Because I know the assassin's Ninja Brian from Ninja Sex Party. What? Uh, yeah. What? You didn't know that? Yeah, that's Ninja Brian. I, I'd never seen his face before. Why would you ruin that? <laughs> what? I thought you would know. No! Did, did you think he was always a ninja? <laughs> Yes! He's he's like a... He was a big Game Grumps, like, alumnist for a while. Yeah, I know who he is. He has a PhD. Good for him! Don't ruin his face! I didn't... You I did! I ruined his face. You did. I didn't know. In any case, I don't know who the janitors are. Yeah, and I can't find it. Okay. Um, Just because it's not... Um, let, me, let me look one more... Uh, this reminded me of when we did PotterCon. The two staff guys. 
Oh, yeah. Being like... Because, like, venue staff, when you do something at a music venue that is not music, mm-hmm. are just like, what the hell is this? What's happening? Mm-hmm. Who are you people? Yeah, for a little bit of backstory, I don't know if we've ever told this story while you're looking up the janitors. We did PotterCon, which is a Harry Potter convention. Yes. In New York. Uh, it wasn't New York City. It was like a New York... We've done it in New York City, we've done it in Philly, and we've done it in Long Island. Long Island. I think this is the one I'm thinking of. And we had to get out by a certain time because Brock Hampton was coming? Yes, Brock Hampton. And we didn't really know Brock Hampton. And Brock Hampton sure as hell didn't know us. Yes. So we had a fun-filled day full of trivia and wizard's chess and uh, uh, butter beer pong. It was a really fun time. And then Brock Hampton showed up with like a crew of people. So we're putting away wizard stuff and they're putting out drugs? <laughs> like one of them just starts rolling a joint and just like looks at me. I'm like, no, I'm a wizard. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not part of this. Oh, that's because this was the weird one where uh, we, uh, it was no longer PotterCon. Oh, it was WizardCon. It was WizardCon, and we were no longer Hogwarts students because of uh, legal reasons. Mm-hmm. So we were Wizard College adjuncts? Yes, that's right. So we're like pretending to be adjunct professors <laughs> for wizard school. Mm-hmm. While Brock Hampton is rolling up. Like, and rolling joints. Here? I have to roll my joints so I can do my show. I was like, I don't want to be part of this. I'm a wizard. Leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, the stagehands are Seth Archuleta and Hugo Armstrong, mm-hmm. who do not have a lot of other uh, credits on IMDb. Okay. But they wouldn't necessarily show if they were YouTubers. Gotcha. I thought maybe they were like game designers or something. It doesn't say. They are both actors. They both have multiple other okay. credits. Um, so that's the show. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was fun. I have a few questions I, I want to ask. Okay. Uh, one... Do you think it was a weird choice that they picked a fictional video game? No. Because I feel like I, I, there's part of me that would like relate more if it was like, yeah, it's League. But also would like, if you're not into League, you are immediately left out. So everyone kind of feels the same amount of left out. Because it's not real. I, I think it's also, if it's League, if it's Overwatch, uh, your show becomes dated. True. If characters are introduced or... Taken out for rebalancing or fall out of favor for some reason. Mm. Um, it dates your show and it also kind of like, even if you were doing Overwatch and then Overwatch falls out of vogue, if this was going to run multiple, multiple seasons, mm-hmm. they might not necessarily want to uh, tie themselves to it. There's also probably copyright issues. They probably wouldn't be able to show gameplay. Yeah, that's true. That would open up a lot or of Or mention new specific problems. characters. Um, so I think it's probably the lawyers. Um, I, I will say that I had a bit of a weird uh, reaction to seeing Danny and Aaron be people. Like, it's not like I had never seen them before, but like, according to the. If you've ever watched a Game Grumps animated, yeah. they always animate. Danny is very tall and thin, and Aaron is very short and fat. Mm-hmm. And Aaron's a big dude. Yeah. Like, Aaron's, like, about the same height as Danny. And he's a bit more stout yeah. than Danny, but, like, it fits his frame because he's a big dude. Yeah. 
Uh, and uh, what was the other? Oh, well, do do you have any research that you want to bring? Uh, no, but I did want to talk about like what you were talking about. How it kind of feels like they wrote the first couple episodes and then had to rewrite some stuff. Yeah. Because it seemed like they were starting to move toward, initially, Ryland and Sam and Dan and Ash. Yeah. And as I felt like it looked like Alex's character had more limitations and that Dan might have had more limitations as an actor, it kind of looked like they started to shift it into uh, Ryland and Ash. See, this just kind of read as, like, a very community thing. Because, like, when you watch Community, it's very clearly Jeff and Britta and Troy and Annie. Yeah. And they they bait that, they bait that, and then they switch it. And, like, that's kind of what I was expecting out of this. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this were to continue on for, for multiple seasons. If it ended up being Sam and Ash... Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I think they they don't really want to commit to relationships this early. And the show doesn't really give any time. Right. Because my number one criticism of this show would be that it probably needed to be maybe eight episodes. Because there just wasn't space and time. Yo, that that is my exact problem with this show. Is it needed, I would say, two more episodes. Yeah, like it feels... Like, it went so fast, and there didn't give... Like, they kind of magically have to gel as a team. Things can't have that many consequences, because... And, like, everyone kind of gets an episode. Or where things are a little bit more focused on them than in others. Yeah. Uh, I think a Steeman episode would have been very good to have. Where you just kind of saw him living it up, being shitty. I, I kind of feel like we didn't spend enough time with Alex. Yeah, I think we could have spent more time with the game grubs. I think you're... In Uh, general. And I think when you have that kind of relationship where uh, Alex and Ryland are supposed to be a core relationship, we don't see them interact. It is very informed that they are best friends. Yeah. Much like The Room. It's like the second time I've compared this to The Room. But like, they're best friends and we are told they are best friends. At the end of episode five, it was not important enough for us to mention in our summary, Ash moves in with them because she's subletting. She was so ready to go to Korea. She sublet her apartment. So she's effectively homeless and moves in with Rylan and Alex. We do not see that dynamic. No. Even for a hot second. We don't see a moment of those consequences. We never see uh, Kumal's mother finding out he has somehow gotten a computer. Mm-hmm. And these are all things I would have really liked to have seen. Yeah. Um, and another episode would have made that happen. Yeah, like another episode or two, maybe one between qualifiers and blood match. Like yeah. the road to blood match. Maybe we have to see them start like getting there and discovering that world. Because I know like my first few big conventions that we appeared at, it's it's an adjustment. Yeah. It's a very different world than just attending. Yeah. And seeing that world might have been really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I've never been to like a huge esports tournament. And I imagine it's a different world than like what I'm thinking of with like Madfest. Yeah. 
Well, once we can go outside again. Uh, Philly does have that big eSports stadium now. That's being built, yeah. And maybe we'll we'll catch some, some League or some Dota or some Overwatch. Yeah. Uh, so we got to give it a verdict. Uh, I would absolutely call this a stay tuned. I think they had a really good idea of where to go. Like, clearly the next season was going to be them all trying to live together. And them not winning blood match. It's going to sound weird. It reminded me a little bit of Glee. Yeah. Of how, like, it ended in a way that made you feel really good about the characters. Because Glee, the first 13 episodes end with them winning regionals. Mm -hmm. And then they have to go on to the next one. Right. And I feel like it was a good ending because if the show didn't get picked up, you felt like the characters that you liked were okay. And I feel like that's how this ended. But there was still a place for them to go. They didn't win Blood Match. And now next year, because they've established themselves, they're going to have to go through the circuit in a much more traditional way. Mm-hmm. So we could see more uh, more about Blood Match. Maybe there's a murder mystery of like who killed Jesse. Yes. Like, there's places for this to go. Absolutely. Uh, I, I would say this is a stay tuned for me as well. Uh, and uh, I would say this is top ten shows we've watched. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Um, yeah, like, th- this is one of the... There's a lot of ones that I give a stay tuned where I'm like, this could work as with a second season. This is one of the few where I'm like, man, I really wish there was a second season. I would like to watch more of this. Yeah, it was canceled due to low viewership. Really? I mean, YouTube Red is tough. A lot of shows don't run more than one season on YouTube Red because it's not a hugely possible... It's not a hugely popular Mm -hmm. streaming service. Yeah, I, I have a lot to say about YouTube Red, but I'll save it to the end of the month. Yeah. So that, like... We could sum up all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, what are we watching next week? What are we watching next week? Uh, we're going to do a MatPat show. Oh, we're going to the Game Lab. Game Lab. Yeah. So we're going to be taking a look at our first reality show on yeah. YouTube, uh, Red Month. It's not really a competition show. It's more of a science show. So yeah, and you love you love MatPat. MatPat's one of my favorites. So, so I'm very excited for that. I, actually, your laptop has a MatPat sticker. Yeah, I have a game. I'm a, I'm a theorist. So I have a game theory sticker on my laptop. Uh, I kind of, like, I know MatPat from watching MatPat with you. Yes. Big old fan. Yeah. Uh, where can people find us? You can email us. At the Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And I'm going to be creating a new uh, Stay Doomed Extra where I'm going to either play some Dota or I'm going to play some uh, esports simulator. So if you want to decide which one of those I'm going to be playing in an upcoming little special feature, I'm at Plus Two Comedy. Um, if you want to talk about the things that women in gaming have to face, I'm at Stay Doomed because I, for reasons that are very related, uh, went private on social media. (laughs) That makes sense. Until next time, stay doomed.